You're listening to Gonzaga Nation with hosts Dan Dickow. Coach Few on more than one occasion has told the two of us, hey, you're two of the three worst defenders in, in school history. And Adam Morrison. You're an NBA player. Uh, your jersey's going to get retired at Gonzaga. So, like, let's just pick your brain instead of mine. Part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Dan Dickow here for Gonzaga Nation SI. This is the second week of February, so this means it's the second Bracketology update. If you listened in last week, last week we gave you uh, a little bit of uh, what Joe Lenardi bracket looks like, a little bit of what Jerry Palm's bracket looks like. To me, those are two of the best to follow. There's a number of, of Bracketologists out there. Um, a lot of them have spawned off of, uh, you know, the uh, new interest and in advancement in a lot of the analytics sites. Um, and so uh, just want to keep track of following Lenardi and Jerry Palm throughout <clears throat> these next couple weeks leading into uh, Selection Sunday. Uh, CBS does have their pre-selection show um, coming up. February 19th. That's going to be interesting to see if Gonzaga is a projected as the one seed in the West or maybe even the overall number one seed, which they're definitely in consideration for that, especially after Auburn lost earlier this week um, in the SEC. So let's just get right to it. So uh, we're going to look at Lenardi's. We're going to look at Jerry Palms. I'm going to break down a little bit of what the net rankings um really look at and kind of share with you what quad one and quad two quad three and quad four wins uh or games are really we just need to look at quad one and two um because if you win a quad three or four game you know it really doesn't make much difference uh it's it's looked at if you're competing for a, a high seed like gonzaga is or battling uh for bubble seed uh like BYU and USF now, unfortunately, look to be doing. Uh, you gotta, you gotta win all your quad threes and your quad fours. Uh, it's really difficult to have multiple quad four or quad three losses and still get into the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid. Um, so we'll just jump right into it. So Joe, Joe Lenardi with ESPN, probably the most well-known bracketologist. A lot of it because ESPN is is a big-time face of college basketball, but. Uh, Lenardi has Gonzaga as the overall number one seed, which is awesome if you're a Zag fan. He has St. Mary's as a nine. He has USF still in as an 11 and one of the last four buys. So that's big because uh, USF just lost a home game to Portland. Now, I know a lot of people think, well, Portland, they're really bad. Portland has been really bad. Okay, so Portland last year... They were in the 300s in Ken Palm Analytics. They were in the 300s in net. <clears throat> this year, uh, they are much improved, although not great. You know, they're in the 220 range, I believe, when I checked yesterday after seeing that loss. So it's a bad loss for uh, USF, but it's not a monumentally bad loss. Uh, very similar to uh BYU's loss last week to Pacific, it's a bad loss, but it's not a monumentally bad loss in regards that it's going to completely push you off the cliff and not allow you to have a uh, at-large bid. So with that being said, BYU and Lenardi's poll or his bracketology uh, update, 
which came out this morning. Uh, BYU's still in. They are the absolute last team in uh, as of now, per Joe Lenardi. So um, they are the last team in as a 12 seed. So in there, they're in that play-in game, but they're still in the NCAA tournament. Um, but he also has a note in in his email newsletter that goes out to broadcasters and analysts like myself that if BYU to, were to lose to LMU today on the road, they would completely drop out of the field. Um, now, obviously, this can change. Big wins, running the WCC tournament, etc. But, well, I guess really what it gets at is <clears throat> BYU and USF, uh, they've lost all wiggle room right now in regards to, to you know, Bad losses can't happen the rest of the way out. That being also said, Santa Clara continues to move up. Uh, Santa Clara now, uh, they're, they're, not, they're going to have to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament. Um, but you're looking at a team that is really playing well. So they could be uh, an interesting game for uh, St. Mary's, which they just beat earlier this week. Um, they could be an interesting game for USF. They could be an interesting game for BYU. Um, and obviously Gonzaga has one more game against Santa Clara here at home. Shouldn't matter. Gonzaga went on the road, beat Santa Clara by about 40. Um, but they're showing signs of life. I mean, uh, with Joseph Vrankic in the lineup, they're 13-4. and four. With him out, <clears throat> they're 4-4. Four and four. So you, you kind of make that, uh, you know, look and you say, hey, I think – <laughs> had they had they maybe won a couple more of those games when when Brankich was out, or if he wasn't out and they continued to play well, we might have been looking at another team. I'm not saying they would WCC would have five teams. Not saying that, but you would have another team in the strong con- conversation um, because as it is now, and we'll touch on quad one uh, and quad two wins. That's important that Santa Clara keeps improving because. That improves the chances for the other four teams to have a quad one win. So uh, we'll move on to Jerry Palm now, CBS bracketologist. He's he's also just like Lenardi. He's been one of the best at this for a number of years. Um, He updated his on Monday afternoon evening. So this one's a little bit more outdated in regards to didn't have the USF loss to Portland. and maybe some of the power conference teams, such as, <coughs> excuse me, Auburn's loss, uh, wasn't in his projections just yet. Obviously, the Auburn project loss really only affects Gonzaga to slide up to the number one overall seed. Um, but Jerry Palm has Gonzaga as a one seed out west, with Kentucky as a two seed, and that means Arizona is their own one seed in their own right, which is. Uh, interesting. I know a lot of people, Adam and I touched on this in our podcast the other day. Uh, there's going to be a lot of interest if Gonzaga and Arizona were one, two in the West and they matched up to go to a final four. Uh, that would be a very, would be a very interesting one if that were the case and that, that did come to fruition. But um, the other teams in the WCC per Ju- Joe, excuse me, per Jerry Palms projections, he has St. Mary's as a seven seed. In the East against Boise State, he has USF still in. This was before their loss to Portland, so that's going to be interesting to see how this one shakes out uh, early next week when we take a look at it. But he has USF as an eight seed in the South region against Seton Hall, and he has BYU solidly in as a 12, not in the last four in, but just as a 12 against Tennessee. So 
those are uh, those are awesome and interesting to see that both Jerry Palm, Joe Lenardi still have four WCC teams in the NCAA tournament and at this time. And the reason you know I keep mentioning this and talking about this is you know the Pac-12 is is a very good league. It, it has been the best league on the West Coast um, since its inception. Um, but all leagues go in ebbs and flows. And right now, I think the the Pac-12 after having a great run in the NCAA tournament last year with the, you know, surprises like Oregon state going deep, USC going deep, UCLA making a surprising run of the final four, although they're backing it up this year, you know, um, they're on a kind of a, a downward ebb right now, this season. Now I would expect them to get it back next year, but um, Mount the WCC, if they could take advantage of a down pack 12 year and a up WCC year, why not? get excited about four teams making the NCAA tournament out of the league. Uh, I still think it's a, a solid, legit three. I think there's a huge chance for four, um, which personally I would love to see, but um, they both have four teams in uh, as of now. Um, but when you look at the net now, and this is where it gets interesting, and this is why it's so important. So the NCAA selection committee looks at RPI, even though that's a very outdated metric now. They also do look at the, uh, they do look at the polls. Um, I mean, it's just human nature because you also have the eye test that you have to take into consideration and take into effect. And that's one reason, you know, the selection committee will kind of lock themselves in a conference room for, you know, seven days or so during the conference tournament week and watch as many games and talk through as many scenarios as possible because they also want the teams that are playing the best at that moment in time. Um, because maybe an injury really impacted the team early in the season. Uh, they got a player back or players back, and now they're playing well at the end of the year. <clears throat> and maybe they're at that mid-50s in the R in the net, which I think would give a lot of uh, smaller conference schools in that area a lot of pause to get too excited. But uh, many times you would see a lot of uh, power conference teams in that 50 to 55 range uh, still feel that they have a shot, especially if they play well and, and go deep into their conference tournaments. But um, right now with the net, the WCC has four teams in the top 46, GU at one, St. Mary's 23, USF 41, BYU 46, and then, like I said, Santa Clara 67, which is very important. Uh, the WCC would hope that they stay in that top 75, and I'll explain more why when I touch on quad one and two wins. Uh, the Pac-12 at this time, um, they've got four teams in uh, the top 40 and five in the top 50. So Arizona at two, UCLA at 14, USC at 29. Those are solid, legit, no concerns and worries. But this is where you start getting a little bit of um, concern about, uh, you know, does the, does the Pac-12 get a fourth? Do they maybe even get a fifth? Uh, Washington State is sitting right now at 37 in the net. They've got a home game this week against Arizona. If they were able to knock off Arizona in Pullman, that would be a monumental win uh, for Kyle Smith and the Cougars. And you would imagine it would vault them up into the low 30s and now at the low 30s, uh, as long as they don't lay any quad four losses. You know, you're very comfortable with your chances going into the Pac-12 Conference Tournament as well as Selection Committee. And then the number five team in the Pac-12, the Oregon Ducks, sitting at 50. And if you follow college basketball in the Northwest, you know Dana Altman uh, works magic 
year after year. So uh, I would expect them to continue to flirt um, with being on the bubble and being in in a lot of bracket uh, bracketology kind of updates. So that's why it's important to look at, at that league as well as the Mountain West. The Mountain West has six teams in the top 60. Wyoming 28, Boise State 34, Colorado State 36, Utah State at 44, who's playing really good basketball right now. They're actually like uh, top 25 in the Ken Palm, which is one of the analytics that is used. San Diego State at 55, Fresno State at 57. Uh, Right now, the way I see it, I I see a a four-bid league in the Mountain West. I see Wyoming, Boise State, Colorado State, and then one of Utah State, San Diego State, or Fresno State um, being in the tournament. And this is dependent on how deep one of them can get in the NCAA tournament. Um, or excuse me, in the Mountain West tournament, which will be in Las Vegas, um, same week that Gonzaga is down in Vegas for the WCC. But, you know, people will always ask, well, how can the WCC get four teams if in years past they haven't been able to do that? Well, a couple of reasons why is Gonzaga, you can just pencil them in or Sharpie it in um, November 1st, typically the first game of the year, Gonzaga's in the tournament. And then it's always St. Mary's, BYU, where are we at? A lot of times you'll get a second team, um, but you got to give Randy Bennett St. Mary's a lot of credit. They have performed this year. They've elevated their scheduling. So some of their non-conference games have been road wins, which elevates their, their net ranking. And when your multiple teams within your league have elevated their uh, net rankings, it gives more opportunities for good wins in the eyes of the selection committee. And the reason that's important is because People always say, well, how can we compete with a, an ACC or a Big 12, Big 10, SEC, whatever, because their, their RPIs or, excuse me, their nets are so high. Well, if you just take a quick look at it, you know, I would agree with that this year with the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC. The Big 12, for example, has nine teams in the top 70 of the net. So every single team in the Big 12, because oddly enough, the Big 12 has nine teams, every single team is top 70. So what that means is, and we'll touch touch more on this in a second, every single one of those games is a quad one or two victory or loss. Quad two, lo- one loss is not going to hurt too badly. A quad two loss shouldn't hurt too badly. Um, you know, they're really basically just start beating up on each other. Um, the Big Ten, very similar. Nine teams in the Big Ten right now are in the top 70 of net. So again, they're just kind of, they just kind of beat up on each other. And this is why it, it's so important for the league to get to a standard and then kind of stay at that standard with the amount uh, of good games that they schedule with the amount of success that they've had in the past, um, uh, which is, which is huge. And then the sec, they have five teams in the top 60 in the net. So their bottom's not quite as good. Obviously Georgia's really bad. Um, drawn a blank on the other team I looked at in the net today, but that's that that's another opportunity where you know you look at Alabama they've gone on a slide they're still top 22 I think it is in net even though they've had a number of losses but their games non-conference has been a gauntlet they played Gonzaga they've played um you know anybody that they that would have the ability to boost and bolster um, their Ken Palm analytics, their RPI analytics, even though it's more of an outdated number system now, or their net, they took that chance and went to play there. Nate Oates, uh, I've, I've texted with him on occasion. You know, he doesn't really necessarily care about the amount of losses 
he cares about are we playing our best basketball in March? And a lot of his philosophy is challenge ourselves all the way through so that we've seen everything, we've been through everything, our numbers uh, analytically and in the net are solid and we know where we have to get better at and so that you know, if we're playing our best basketball in March, we're going to have a chance to, to get a good seed in the NCAA tournament. So I think his path is playing out well, even though they haven't won all this, all the games uh, maybe that you would expect or hope to see. So that's a little bit about that. Now, the one outlying league this year, and I touched on the Pac-12 uh, really kind of only having three solid teams at this point, uh, would be the ACC. I mean, the ACC, there's been times they've had seven, eight teams. Uh, from that conference in. Right now, when you look at it, Duke's at 11. Wake Forest is at 32. North Carolina, who, when I've seen them this year, they don't look great. Uh, they're sitting at 41. Virginia Tech, 43. And then you've got a big jump. Um, you've got a lot of teams that are kind of in that tier, in that quad two type of, of category. Notre Dame, 63. Miami, 72. Virginia, 80. Clemson, 81. Syracuse, 83. And Florida State, 93. So what you're seeing is those teams, they're good, but they're not great. They're, they, they've had chances um, to, to get pick up quad one wins, um, but they haven't capitalized and taken advantage of it. Um, and so I really see the ACC um, as being a three bid league, um, you know, a, with Duke, Wake Forest, maybe North Carolina, but it's out of those North Carolina, Virginia Tech and the rest of the teams down the league you got to see how these last few weeks play out and that's where i think it's very important for a gonzaga fan or a wcc fan to want the powers in these leagues to not give up an upset virginia beat duke the other day um you don't want to see that you want to see um you know the teams that um are above you continue to, to hold uh hold their place and, and not drop team against teams that are lower than them in the net. But on, on to what the quad one and quad two um, wins and games really are. And this is where it gets really important and uh, really determine a lot. And you're going to hear a lot of conversation on that when you're, when you're listening to and watching college basketball games over these next few weeks is a quad one win is a top, is a game at home against a top 30 opponent. So, um, if you have a home game and you beat a top 30 team, you get a quad one win. So every time Gonzaga goes and plays a road game the rest of the way out, that's a quad one opportunity for that team, right? But for Gonzaga, say it's against, and I know Gonzaga doesn't play University of Portland this year, but if, if they were to go to University of Portland, that would be a quad one opportunity for Portland but for Gonzaga, it would be, I believe, a quad three win because of Portland being in the 220 to 250 range uh, on the road and in the net. Now, that being said, for example, a one through 50 win is a on a neutral court is also considered a road win or a quad one win. Excuse me. A one through 75 win against a team in the top 75 on the road is also a quad one win. And why does this make it so interesting? Well, I mentioned earlier that Santa Clara has bumped up to top 75 in the net. They're at 67. So that beat down that Gonzaga put on Santa Clara in the Levy Center, um, you know, a few weeks back, 
it didn't you know, it was hey quad no nobody gets too excited about it but now when you look at it that's a quad one win because Santa Clara is top 75 in the net and Gonzaga went on the road and won it and you want to be able to stack up as many quad one wins as possible because again one of the uh, determining factors that the, the selection committee looks at is the net and the amount of good quad one and quad two wins. So let's touch on quad two real quickly. Uh, a quad two win would be a home game against a team in the top 31 to 75 of net. So again, I mentioned Santa Clara on the road at 67. That's a quad one. Well, Santa Clara comes here, and if they continue to stay in that top 75, that is a quad two win as opposed to if it was you know 76, then that would be considered a quad three win. So that's why these numbers are becoming so important. So you want to see the WCC teams that are kind of on that bubble, that USF, the BYU, you want them to uh, make sure that they take care of every opportunity to get a quad one win the rest of the way out if possible. If one of them were to get a quad one win against Gonzaga, Obviously, as a Gonzaga fan, you'd be disappointed, but it's huge, uh, hugely important for the league. And then you also, as you know, unfortunately, you saw uh, Pacific knock off BYU and Portland knock off USF. Those are not good wins. Uh, excuse me. Those are not good losses for the Dons and the Cougars. So that's where hopefully, if you're listening, you're you're seeing the difference of of how important these games are, and you're also seeing how important it is that Santa Clara continues uh, to climb in their rankings. So that loss that BYU had at Santa Clara uh, on a buzzer beater a few weeks back, that's deemed a better loss than it would than it was when it happened because Santa Clara continues to elevate in the rankings. So uh, the other factors of a quad two victory or game would be a neutral site game against a 51 through 100 team and then a road game for a 76 through 135. So if you look at it right now, um, there's five teams that provide opportunities for each other in the WCC to get quad one wins, um, whether it's home or away. Obviously, that's that's the part of the determining factors but um so lots of information out there keep checking us out uh gonzaga nation si on all the social media platforms uh, our youtube our facebook our instagram our twitter our tiktok check them all out uh if you've got a question for adam or myself on our weekly shows uh send it our way on social media and we'll do our best to, to answer it that being said a big week of WCC action is coming up and I think there's going to be a lot of changes uh, next week when we talk about the bracketology updates um, and, and track how the league is going. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, I'm Dan Dickow.